All right, guys, what a big episode we have for you guys. Um, we're going to be doing another medal ceremony. This time it's on romantic comedies. We're going to tell you all of the different shows you should be watching while you're stuck at home. And uh, we even watched an old movie series. So um, check it out. Here we go. and here we go nord east podcast i'm eric i'm here with ryan and jim how are you guys doing very well doing fantastic how are you i'm great i'm so happy to be talking to you guys we got lots of things to talk about i have been watching so many different things i've got some great suggestions for you guys this week hopefully you guys have the same and uh yeah i don't know it just feels good to be potting um when i'm stuck in my house all the time what about you guys you are the pod homework king well, I definitely will be this week because I spent a lot of time in front of the television. Well, we appreciate that. And yep. um, it is nice to pod with you guys. I am excited about when we can all get together again. Um, but this works. It, it feels a little bit like some normalcy to me. I hope it does to people listening. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully the sound was a little bit better for you guys last week. We've been working to dial that in. Um but we have a big episode ahead of you guys, so we better get started right away. Um, before we do, we need you guys, the listeners, to help spread the word about your favorite podcast, the Nordeast Podcast. And uh, you can find it on all different all different apps. You can get it on the podcast app. You can get it on Podbean. You can get it on Spotify. You can subscribe, get it directly to your phone or wherever you listen each and every week. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nordeast Podcast. We have all the best memes. We love to talk to you guys. We have uh, polls, interactive things. It'd be fun for you guys to interact with us. So get on there and follow the Nordies podcast. Yeah, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, shout out to Jimbo for getting the big like meme compliment because you are <laughs> killing it out there, my friend. The memes are uh, better than ever, which is great. When things go to shit, memes go like up. Stock goes up on memes. Yeah. So we're doing just fine in that department. Yeah. I love it. Um, we're also doing all right in the beer department. Um, we're all drinking something different. What are we drinking tonight, guys? All right, I'll go first. Um, again, broken record. I got nothing cool because there's almost zero beer delivery in South Minneapolis. So I'm rocking another Wild Mind Crowler. Um, this is a new hazy from them called Lifted. Uh, obviously, a hazy IPA. It was canned yesterday, so couldn't be any fresher. 7%. It's delicious. It's fruity. It's everything you want in a nice, uh, refreshing IPA. Beautiful. Well, I am drinking uh, one of their one-off releases from Modest. This is Dream Yard that they added pineapple and vanilla. Uh, they sold them in crawlers. They came and dropped them right off at my door for free, which is wonderful. Um, and this beer is great, man. It's you know it's got a great base, right? So if you're gonna add some other fruit flavors. It's probably gonna just bang. Yeah, I had one of those. I'm having another one tonight uh, for our, our second pod. But I'm also at Modest here, and I'm doing their maple double vanilla bite-sized chocolate and vanilla stout. Now, we had bite-sized on a show a few months ago, and this version of it is so sweet and so delicious. This is a true dessert beer, and uh, you know how we like our stouts. Uh over-the-top sweet. This is an, another one of those. Modest killed it on this one. Um, yeah, it's really solid. I'm excited. To- you know, what's funny 
that's the other crawler I have. And so if we had coordinated a little bit, we could have been drinking it damn near together, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We just won't have to talk beer later, but that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. So here we go. We're going to jump right into our show and we're going to jump into the metal stand from last week, the recap. So last week we had a hearty debate. We really discussed um, Game of Thrones villains. And it's funny because I feel like we ended in some different spots. Um, you guys both agreed that Tywin was the best villain from Game of Thrones. I initially went with Ramsay, and I tried to move closer to you guys by saying Cersei at the end. Um, our listeners agreed with my first take in Ramsay being the, the main villain. Who, was, who finished second in Thrones from our listeners? Um, I think it was Joffrey finished second, and then Cersei, and then Tywin. So because of that, we're like, well, I guess we're going to put Ramsey into the actual medal ceremony vote. So then that finished out. Ramsey won the whole fucking thing by like a country mile with <laughs> Gus Frayne coming up second, pretty solid. And then Ben Linus limping in with the fewest votes from Lost. Um, but I think, you know, it's cool. It's democratic. It's not necessarily the order that I would have put things in. Um, I wouldn't have put Ramsey in there at all. But that's, you know, it's cool. The people have spoken. Yeah, and also, um, you know, I think that what it really says is that for how hard we are on Game of Thrones, what compelling television it was that we probably could have had a Game of Thrones character finish first and second if we would have allowed it. I mean, the show mm -hmm. was known for its villains. It was known for some of the evil acts that happened, some of the ways that it crushed your, your hopes and killed many of the main characters. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think the real winner was Game of Thrones. I I agree, actually. Yeah, it almost makes me feel like if they would just cut things off at season six, everyone everybody would have gone home happy. <laughs> yeah, I just think that like we started with with White Walkers, like in the very first scene, even though they didn't explain it until later on in the show, and so we would have rioted if we wouldn't have had some kind of answer for sure to White yeah. Walkers. Like we, we, it was such a mystery that we wanted. And, you know, I don't know if people were happy with how it turned out with them, but I mean, we did get some cool fight scenes and some really cool moments with the Night King. So, so a real quick aside, I know we got lots to talk about. If, if future Eric had traveled back in time to past Eric and had said, listen, dude, you got to trust me on this. Game of Thrones is going to suck at the end. I promise you, you don't want to watch it. Would you have listened to him or would you have watched it anyway? I would have had to have watched it because the show yeah. was on fire. And I am, I am, you know, on record saying that the last season of game of Thrones was good. It just wasn't up to the same standards as some of the great that game of Thrones had given us for so long. And so you're right. The, the bar was very high. The bar was so high that like, unless it ended in like a, in like a Reddit conspiracy theory, like, the the internet was going to be pissed no matter what and yeah, yeah. I think that we enjoyed it but it just like didn't it didn't end perfectly so dude it really was about the ride though we had years of you know get togethers we would get together and watch it we would discuss it all fucking week we would you know write about it we did special podcasts on it i mean we had a lot of fun with it just because it didn't finish well um it doesn't mean that the show wasn't a massive success which it, it certainly was yeah, it's one. It, and as you said that, Jimbo, it made me think of like the comment that I use all the time, which is body of work, right? Yeah. The body of work was greater than the ending, of course. Um, and like your heart was ripped out multiple times, <laughs> as was characters. Um, but 
yeah, you're right. It, 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 I should I shouldn't look at it from the lens of like the end stunk versus like how much like pride and like joy and devastation that came along with the the eight years of it, nine years. True. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, do something new, guys. We are gonna skip. Do we care altogether this week? Because even though we care, there isn't a lot to care about, and so we're just gonna move on to a new segment. Let's go. It's a sad day. Yeah. yeah. The news is slowing down a little bit too. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right into Hot Rex. And boy, did we watch a lot of stuff this week. Um, first up, Jim, you watched a show that we all really like. Um, it came back with the first episode. It's Killing Eve. Um, spoiler-free version. Were you happy about how the season started? And is this a must-watch show? Yeah, I think this is must-watch TV, especially right now when they're if you're done with Ozark, there really isn't anything else uh, premiere on right now. Um, Dave is almost over and Debs is over. So Killing Eve, yeah, it's back. I mean, season three, um, that Jodie Comer is like, she got the lion's share of the screen time in episode one, which I think, I hope that continues because she's amazing. She's captivating. She's the reason the show is so good. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give any plot points away, but I'll just say that like, if we wanted Jodie Comer acting hilarious and kind of scary and dangerous, we're getting it. It is. I, I wish I had the data in front of me or even the chart in front of me, but I know that um, the ringer did their greatest television characters ever. Did you see this? Yeah, they did a, the vote. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. And it came down to, I'm going to probably get this wrong. It came down to um, Walter White. And Arya Stark and Michael Scott and um, the guy from Parks and Rec played by uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Yeah. Ron okay. Swanson. That was their final four. And I, I think it came down to Walter White and Michael Scott. And I think Walter White won, but I'm not positive. But it's something like that. But um, the reason I bring that up is because on their list, I remember seeing that Villanelle, Jodie Comer from Killing mm-hmm. Eve, was like a top three seed or something. So, like, they think of her in such high esteem as, like, one of the real great television characters. And I think that the masses need to see that as well. I mean, when it comes to television, she is so captivating. She's, like you said, she's funny. She's scary. She's dangerous. She's beautiful. She's just doing an incredible job on a really good show. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm going to watch it each and every week. Um, I'll keep up. I hope you guys jump back into it. Yeah, I will. I'm going to watch it for sure. It's, it's, it's a good show. And then, Jim, uh, you can find that where? BBC One and Hulu? Yeah, it's on. so it's on BBC One, which now comes with like any basic cable package. And I think you can also watch it on Hulu, but I just have it, my Comcast shit set up to record it. Um, so I don't think it'd be too hard to find, no. It's probably on Comcast or something like that, too. So yeah. uh, Then you watch a show on Amazon Prime TV or whatever it's called, um, called Tales from the Loop. Yeah. So this thing came out of nowhere, as all Amazon Prime shows do. And it's kind of it's like a kind of a lighter sci fi sort of like a sandbox where because of this underground facility where they're doing this, uh, you know, weird science, scientific testing, anything can sort of happen in this town. So, um, you know, in the first one, there's like sort of a time jump thing that happens to some characters in the second one, there's like a body swap. 
And it was, I think it's really well filmed. It has some kind of good TV actors you might not know the names of, but you'd recognize as like, okay, this is, these are some pretty heavy hitters. And it's got a really good budget and it's got a cool look. Um, I, I stuck with two. I'm probably going to keep watching it. Uh, I, you know, I have a feeling it's something I quit at like four, but I'm going to get there and see. Um, I, I don't know. I really like it. I can't really give it like a wreck yet, but if you guys watch it, let me know what you think. The segment is hot wrecks, Jimbo. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to, <laughs> to give it that, though. This isn't this is like a tepid, tepid wreck. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I watched the first 30 minutes of the first episode and I was so confused and kind of bored. Um, but it was a little later in the evening, so I might have to give it a, a, a like a retry and, and finish that episode and then finish the second episode and see where I stand. Yeah. I mean, it does have like child actors and I think they do a pretty good job. It's, I didn't think it was too annoying. Um, but as they continue on, it's got, it's got like Philip Price. Is that the guy's name? He, yeah. you know, he was the, the, the high, sparrow. high Sparrow. High Sparrow. Yeah. He always plays the Pope because he looks just like the Pope. Yeah. No, he's a great actor. If he's not a religious leader in the show, then I'm not interested in his character. <laughs> he's like a, he's kind of a cultish leader of like this the sci-fi company, you know, that of does course. the weird testing. So in that way, he's 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 typecast. You're good. Perfect. All right, we all were excited to watch um, the two episode season premiere of FX's What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. I love it. It's I so fun. It, it cracks me up. I laugh out loud the whole time I watch it. And um, I mean, all of the characters are so strong. The writing is so strong. It's so well done. The budget is great for a show like this. Um, and it kind of went up. The budget kind of went up a little bit, especially for the second episode. For sure it did. Um, but really and truly, the star of the show, in my opinion, is Colin Peterson, who literally <laughs> everything he does makes me laugh. I think he is just priceless. He's one of my favorite current television characters. I would say what we do in the shadows is currently one of the shows everyone should be watching. I totally concur with that. Colin Peterson is fantastic. Dude, uh, the actor is from here. And he's the dude that got his start. He was like literally working temp jobs in Minneapolis and got his start by touring Wisconsin and hitting all the morning shows as a yo-yo master. Do you guys remember this? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, like the YouTube videos are the fucking best. He's Case Dross, the, the yo-yo master. And he would just push it and make these people so fucking uncomfortable. And then it was like, he would stall doing the actual trick to just get it as painful as possible. And then he would do it and it was just fucking horrible. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, thank you so much. Case Dross. All right. It was just wonderful. So that guy, I, I wish him all the success in the world. He's so funny. The show is just incredible. Um, I would say that the, the hardest thing is that it is a really weird show. And I've heard so many people um, who I've told to watch the show say that they have a hard time. They're a few episodes in and they just don't know. It's just okay. And it's just a show that you just have to take people's word on that it is really good. And if you just stick with it a little bit, you will be rewarded. It is a brilliant show. It's hilarious. It's must watch. I mean, it's Taika, so we're right. I don't know. Everybody knows he's a genius now, so. Yeah. And Jermaine Clement in the, in the same vein. So um, I, I, 
I loved the first two episodes. I think there were there were definitely like some highs and lows, and it, it wasn't like it wasn't the strongest episode of television for me. Um, the first one, but then by the time the second one rolled around, you you sort of get reimmersed in that world, and you just sort of you come back uh, to all the stupid things. And Guillermo is incredible, and the way they treat Guillermo makes me laugh every time. So yeah, it's a it's it's one of my it's one of my most favorite like just sort of off the wall comedies that you didn't think would be like that good that just ended up being fantastic. And then uh, the first one had a cameo from is his name Haley Joel Osmond? Is that yeah. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment, Mister I See Dead People. Yeah, so he was funny in it. it the whole thing is just great, and it's like one of those shows where you you just know that on set they're having a great time. Oh, like, for sure! Like they're just cracking each other up. They're cracking themselves up. They're all having fun. They're just you know, it's just the whole show is just a blast. So the the, the best part was the like throwing the trope upside down of like pretending that you know he wasn't what he was. And that just made me laugh so much more. Yeah. So I would say um, everyone should check this out, especially in times where we need some good news or we need something to make us laugh. What we do in the shadows is definitely that show. You. Um, all right. I have two of them for you guys. Um, as you know, we, we specialize in high-end television, but I also specialize in low-end television. <laughs> it's kind of the it's kind of the Eric staple at this point. So I watched two shows on um, Netflix, um, two shows that they're really pushing right now, and everyone's been on Netflix. I know you guys have seen these shows, and I'm going to tell you if you should watch them or not. The first show is Too Hot to Handle. Okay, I feel like that's got numbers in there in the title. Yep. No, it doesn't. But too oh, okay, hot, Too Hot to you Handle missed opportunity. The second you season. Are, Eric, you were really emphasizing the twos, so I thought that it was like too fast, too furious kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I was a little weird about that. I apologize, everyone. Um, so Too Hot to Handle is the latest of the never-ending now. I think in the last couple months, they realized that they could do um, cheesy, cheap um, reality TV with interesting ideas of how people can fall in love with different rules in place, right? Um so they had the circle where people had to live in an apartment and couldn't see each other, but they could like catfish each other. Um, you had love at first sight. Was that what it was called? No, love is blind. Yeah. Love is blind where they couldn't see each other before they had to get engaged. And then they had to like go through this whole process and get married to each other. Both of those were big hits for Netflix. Um, the latest one is this show too hot to handle. Now this show is like, um, it's like a, a smorgasbord of Instagram um, models. Okay. People of all races and ethnicities of all different places in the world. Um, British people, uh, American people, Canadian, Australian people who speak English, they all look different and they all are like these beautiful people. Now they show up to the Island and literally they're all kind of trashy people who can't wait to have sex with each other. But the rule is that they can't kiss and they can't have any sexual contact with anyone there the whole time. Or they all lose money. So they start with some small budget of $100,000 that they're all going to split. And then every time someone does something, money gets taken off of that. So they all end up with less and less money. And the show is really trashy and terrible, but everybody knows that crappy reality television is like fast food. You know, we know it's bad for us. We claim it's not our first choice, but we're sneaking off to the drive-thru to order 
something, you know. And also, um, this is a great time to bring up the uh, the drive through sandwich, you know, or the drive home sandwich. The car know? sandwich. The, yeah. car, the car sandwich. Usually off the dollar menu. <laughs> yes. So this is this show is full of car sandwiches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric. Eric. They, and they, sorry, I got to interrupt. The thing that they did, they pitted the sexual tension against the money. I mean, there's not a, a greater tug of war in all of reality TV. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruin how people get called out on this, but it's pretty interesting. Um, it was a show that I didn't really want to like. And after the first episode, I was like, this is terrible. And then suddenly I realized I was on episode four. So I'm about halfway through it. Chance I finish it 100 Chance I like it 50 50. I won't regret it. It's fast food, and I'm all about the car sandwich on this one. I'm going to finish it this week. So let's just let's do a quick recap on what the car sandwich is, right? The, the, the wife, girlfriend, whatever family sends you to the fast food place to get everybody's dinner. Yeah. So you get a couple number ones, a number three, uh, a kid's chicken nugget with sweet and sour and milk and apples. And then you're like, and I'll take a McChicken. And the McChicken is a dollar, and you eat that in the car on the way home, and then you hide the wrapper. That's the car. And then you pretend family. like you're just as starving as everybody else, and then you right. eat the same amount of food as your wife, and then she has, she's none the wiser that you already indulged on some bomb ass. You know, I love this analogy, Eric, but fast food and car sandwiches are very, very fucking awesome. Yeah. And I bet the show really sucks. So like, that's the only weak point. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, why does everybody watch these shows? You know, why did everybody watch love is blind? Why did everyone watch even tiger King, which was trash, but it's because we love to watch disasters on television, especially in times of turmoil. We love to watch people make fools of themselves. We love to watch people fall in love and break up and lose money and do whatever kind of dumb shit on television. Why? We can't explain it. Also, it will never go away because it costs so little to make that show. They probably rented some mansion. They hired a staff of like five people. They put permanent cameras up and then they had a $100,000 prize. The whole show probably cost them under a half a million dollars. And whatever what they whatever they thought the contestants were going to lose in money, that's what they spent on booze for the house. Yes, the booze yeah. budget is out of control. Yeah, that so, is true. Too hot to handle. If you like crappy TV, I know you guys do. Check it out on Netflix. Also, I watched another show on Netflix called Outer Banks. And Outer Banks is a show that they're really pushing, okay? Now, I don't know why because when I saw the previews for it, it looked horrible, all right? So the premise of the show is it's these people living on an island off the coast of the Carolinas. It's the Outer Banks area. It's like a popular destination spot. Now, the worst part about the show is that they've created these social classes in the show of like, um, you know, teenagers and there's the poor kids called the Pogues and the rich kids called the Kooks and they live on different parts of the island. That's by far the worst part of the show. Okay. Um, I have to admit the reason I watched the show is because I saw on social media that some um, person reviewed it and said that the show was fun and that it was a mix of Dawson's Creek and the Goonies. What is it? Wait, is this a scripted show? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Um, so what it's about is this kid, um, John B, who is, he's, he's kind of a stud. John B, his dad has disappeared at sea. Okay. Um, looking for a, a treasure. And 
John B. is now on his own. He's, he's left alone, and child services is after him, trying to get him into foster care. And he and his friends are pretty much running around, um, and they get themselves caught up in some kind of um, criminal treasure hunt where, you know, there's like criminal organizations, the crooked cops, and different groups of people that are all searching for this treasure. This show is not good, but damn, was it fun. I'm through three episodes, for sure going to finish it. There's a place for fun television, and fun television lends itself to binging. So this is not a, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the new episode to drop this week kind of show. This is the, I'm kind of bored. I'm going to watch four straight episodes of something, and I'm going to have a good time while I do it. This show has no big names in it. It's not going to win any awards, but it would be fun for anyone who watched it. So think about it. Dawson's Creek meets the Goonies. It's a fun little adventure, fun little teen drama. I have no shame in telling you guys I'm going to finish it, and I think you guys should check it out as well, but go in with low expectations. <laughs> it's called it's called The Outer What? Outer Banks. Outer Banks. Okay. Outer Banks. 45-minute episodes. Don't know how many there are. Probably like eight. It's going to be fun. I don't know. Just low. If you go in with low expectations, you're gonna have a good time. Okay. Okay. All right. All right last two um, things we've talked about at great length at this point. I just want some updates on on where you guys are at. Devs on FX. It's also on Hulu since FX is on Hulu now. Um, are you guys still watching it? So I'll go first. I have stalled significantly because um, through our text chat, the you know reviews amongst the smaller group have not been very good. So I'm stuck after. I'm on episode five. I haven't started episode five yet. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. So episode one and two, I was definitely interested in it. Um, three, four, it took me like weeks to watch them. Five was still boring. And I do not know why I kept pressing on, but I do that to myself sometimes. And I watched six. I was like, okay, as they work towards the end game, there's only eight episodes. I was like, actually, this is pretty interesting. So now I've watched six and seven. I have one hour left of it. And I think at this point, it all sort of hinges on the finale. I don't think the finale can save it. I think the show wasn't that good, which is really too bad because we all thought that this Alex, um, what's his name? Alex Gar- Garland. Yeah. Garland, you know, who's done all this amazing creative writing and directing of, of sci-fi movies could translate it. And I think a little bit of miscasting, some really clunky dialogue, um, some pacing issues. It, it gets really slow at times and then picks up really fast and then really slow. Um, so there's definitely massive problems with the show, but I'll check back in with you guys next week. I'm sure I can, I can, you know, stick it out for one more hour and hopefully it ends in like a really cool mind blowing way as a lot of sci-fi and fantasy things have to like talk about game of Thrones, right? You build so much up towards this ending, it has to deliver. And then you can look back on the whole series after that and judge it. Yeah, I think um, what, one other thing to note is that the, maybe you don't have to give him like a full pass because he is like a, a writer-director, but I don't think he's done a TV show before per se. So to, to try and figure that out in your first go at it is probably pretty difficult, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're left with less than stellar uh, performances from some of your leads, shall we say? Is that, that's a pretty yeah. nice way of putting it. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. Um, so like I, I give him a little bit of a pass, you know, and just try to figure things out and like uh, take something that he would normally do in two hours and expand it to six roughly and make it into a, a, a watchable TV show. So, um, I think I'll, 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 oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pick it back up. 
um, and just sort of go like the same route as you, Jibbo, and like torture myself until the end, and then hopefully it delivers. Dude, and for better or worse, FX like maybe doesn't have these executive types, you know, that you hear messing with with the creatives. Um, because they produce some of the most amazing television and some of it's, you're, you know, Fargo and you're they, 100% they, do, right. they do whatever they want. You know, they can, it's like a hard R rating and it's the, you know, there's no TV commercials a lot of times. And there's, you know, sometimes an episode will be 35 minutes and the next one will be, you know, 105 minutes. And it's just like, oh, okay, I guess you can do what you want, which is great, but it's really on the, the creative director to make it work. And I think- sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Sorry. Um, I think uh, they, they've turned into like the modern NBA and the modern like Major League Baseball and that they're going for home runs. And yeah. sometimes they're going to strike out. They're going to miss that long three and that's fine, but they're going to keep shooting. And, yeah. and I'm fine with that. And they're going to they're going to get their Atlantas every once in a while. For sure. And they're what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what about Dave? Are you sticking with Dave at this point? Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to tell you guys something. I believe that Dave is the new Entourage. <laughs> I do. I think less, less douchey. For sure, less douchey. But, like, I just mean um, a fun look into Hollywood and the music industry with a lot of celebrity cameos and... It's mostly just for fun, but they touch on serious issues and serious moments, and it's all about friendships and relationships. I mean, it's- careful, careful talking cameos. You're going to trigger Jimbo again. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are lots of fun cameos in this. Um, in the most recent episode, you had uh, Bieber, you had Courtney Kardashian, you had Benny Blanco, who was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am amazed um, by how they're just making his story, which I'm sure isn't even that interesting, um, seem exciting by just adding some relationship pieces and some really fun, hilarious, um, and, you know, seemingly important dialogue between the characters. And we're only a few episodes in to the first season. And I can tell you that I really care about a lot of the characters on this show. So whether it's going in a serious direction or in a funny direction, I think Dave works and it's, Maybe the show I'm the most excited to watch. Um, it's short. It's easy. It's fun. Love Dave. Week to week, you know when Jimbo is super into a show, when he gets like incredibly defensive about anything that's potentially a spoiler, even though you guys weren't <laughs> intending to. Um, and this is—it's not a knock on you, Jimbo, because I would be the same way. If if someone said something about one of my favorite shows, I'd be like really pissed. So that's when you know like Jimbo is like super into a show and that he doesn't want he wants 12 hours of spoiler free text messaging. <laughs> well that's that's what I respond with. I'm like, dude, it came out last night at midnight and I'm going to watch it tonight. It's like give me 12 hours, please, cuz like you were going to say like, oh, this was funny and this is funny and now I'm going to be waiting for this gag. When does the iced tea show up? Oh, there's the iced tea. This is going to be funny, right? Oh. Not me, not me. All I said, only thing I said was good cameos. Yeah, no, you did. I know, I know. I, uh, I, but that does show. That does tell me, like, damn, I really like this show. I like how surprising it can be. So when little things like that can possibly interfere with the surprise of it, then it it does fucking fuck with me. So, um, dude, I love Dave. I don't know if I really appreciate the Entourage comparison because 
I fucking like the show so much. And I know that Entourage is more like kind of B grade trashiness, but you're so oh, right. It only that I only actually upsets me because it's so accurate. Entourage was such a big deal, and it was fun, and there was it, it kind of got douchey, and it kind of went on a little too long, but. They yeah. were able to really hit it with some relationship stuff. And like when it got serious, you took it seriously because the characters were ones that you cared about. And well, especially in, especially in 2004, I want to say when that came out and nothing had ever been done like that before. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was like groundbreaking sort of insider look, even if uh, a caricature of it. Um, but like, and then you had, you know, someone like, uh, Jeremy Piven playing Ari Gold, which is just like television fantastic at that time. Gold. Like that was, you just wanted to say gold. I know you did. Yeah. Well, it, I did. I did. And I had to like come up with a terrible, <laughs> another terrible adjective. And so I went with fantastic. But you guys understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And like, like it's fun to like live through Lil Dicky a little bit on this because you're taking this journey with him in the show and you are excited for him to meet people. You know, when he's meeting people, you're kind of responding the same way he is. And so mm-hmm. I don't know who is responsible for the show. We need to do a little more research on it. But damn, it's really, really good. Well, he writes it and stars in it. And it's his show. Wow. Well, he is. He's incredible. He's one of the most talented people. He's he's literally um, the white uh, Jewish Donald. Uh, Pennsylvanian Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think i agree with that atlanta is a little heavier but this is still has it still feels real and this is funnier so i mean you know i'm not going to say which one's better right now i got to see a little bit more but yeah i I just i'm I'm loving loving dave i don't think there are two shows that you can really compare i think they're, they're just two totally separate messages and atlanta like at least Little Dicky is kind of following some semblance of a story versus Atlanta, which is like, ah, we're going to do something completely off the rails because we yeah. don't care. We're going like to do Atlanta we're likes to tell their story Perkins. by kind of a day in the life here and there, that type of stuff. We're going to have Teddy Perkins and spook Eric. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Finally, is anyone still watching Westworld? Nope. Nope. It sucks. Westworld is horrible. Wow. All right. They uh, need to I stop. Watched, I, I watched the first two episodes and I hated both of them. Dude, I think I watched four or three or four and then quit. So oh, I tried, Jesus. man. I, dude, I've been trying. This episode or season two was horrible. Then they tried to totally reboot it. And that actually got me. It got me to watch two of them uh, or three, whatever it's been. But, dude, it's it's a bad show. Poorly written. It's bad. All right. Uh, and then let's move on to a. Better late than never segment. And uh, Barry, you watched Hobbs and Shaw. What did you think? <laughs> oh, I mean, so it was a, like to quote Denny Green. It it was what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> like I didn't expect, you know, anything like crazy. And the first twenty minutes in, I knew exactly how the plot was going to go, just based on the way the characters were interacting. Like I knew, I knew how the rock and Jason Statham were going to eventually, you know, learn to work together. But I will say this, they do like crazy action set pieces better than just about any movie franchise, um, taking out, um, you know, maybe like Marvel and stuff with like massive budgets, but man, they, they've got, 
like a crazy amount of money spent on like car chases and building, you know, scenes like where he, he, you know, the elevator plummets and all that stuff. Like I, if you like a fun, crazy, unbelievable, like, like in the sense of like not believable Mm -hmm. story and action sequences, uh, fast and the furious. And then now Hobbs and Shaw is exactly what you want. But dude, how good was Idris Elba? Like he was captivating. Like he was so fun. He seemed like a total badass. Like he was funny. I I did like him too. Yeah, he was he was great. How about that line about halfway through? I'm I'm pretty sure it goes like this. Global genocide, global schmenocide. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it with a straight face and no one laughs. Like it was supposed to be a real line and I was like this movie it got me. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I have a question, guys. How do I like The Rock so much, but I can't think of one movie that he's in that I like? Mm, you don't like The Rundown? Didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> Dude, man. I don't bad. know anything by The Rock that I like, but I still think The Rock is great. You, you need to watch The Rundown. The movies? I haven't seen those. Either Dude, of them. Dude, no, I, I think that nobody actually watches The Rock's movies. I watched the Jumanji movie and, and reviewed it on here. Was it good? You did. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's entertaining. I, I, mean, fucking, I would watch both of them, but the, I've never seen them streaming anywhere. Uh, Jumanji was on HBO for a while. But I don't know where it's at now. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's The Rock being The Rock. Like, he's doing things. Like, Karen Gillan plays, like, you know, the, the Laura Croft version of, a like, a redhead. You know, Jack Black is playing, I think he's, like, the, the black dude or something like that. Like, I, I don't remember um, what character he ended up being. But, like, you know, Jack Black doing Jack Black things, The Rock doing The Rock things. Like, it was kind of a winning combination. And I think, I mean, it did an absurd amount of money at the box office. I would, yeah, say that I'm a, I'm a rock, I would say I'm a rock fan. And at the same time, I would say that I don't think I've liked anything that The Rock was in since he was the corporate champ of the WWF in about 1999. I think that's why you're a fan. Because you just think of him back from his wrestling days and wish him well. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. You just you just wanna you wanna see like the Twitter caption of him doing like the people's eyebrow. And then you're, and then you're back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, this happened in 1999 when you were 11. I, don't you remember? And I'm like, yes, I do. Um, all right, guys. Better late than never. Um, these are movies I've watched before, but I probably haven't watched them in a good, like, 10 years. Maybe more. Like, honestly. And that's the Matrix trilogy. Okay? So, Keanu Reeves has had a keanu Is that what we would call it? Sure. And okay. everybody, everybody likes him now, and um, he was in what are those movies called? Uh, John Wick. John Wick, the John Wick movies. He's going to be in Matrix Four. Everybody wants him to join the MCU. Um, he's going to do some kind of Bill and Ted thing. It sounds like um, you know everybody likes Keanu Reeves now. Uh, this is his coming out party in the Matrix, and I believe it came out in 1999. Does that sound right? Yeah. When you were 11. When I was 11. Um, so I went back and I watched the matrix because I was trying to get myself excited about the new one that would be coming out. And the matrix is star Wars level revolutionary in my mind. Like the first one, the first one, like it, for when it was made, 
it looks incredible. How it is filmed is incredible. I mean, everything about it is like groundbreaking in like movie making. At least it is in my mind. Um, oh yeah. The story is so interesting. Um, how it's laid out for you, how everything looks. It's really a brilliant um, movie. Uh, I found myself still to this day feeling like I did when I was a young teen, captivated by this story, by you know everything that was happening in this movie. And it really stood the test of time, you know, over 20 years after its release that I felt that way. So much so that I decided to continue on that path to watch two movies that I knew to be bad, um, Reloaded and what's the other one? Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize both came out in 2003 as a two-part um, movie drop in 2003. Did you guys know that? Ryan, you did You did mention that, and I had forgotten that completely. So it came out like one in the spring and one in the winter? It, I don't know. Something like that. So they both okay. dropped the same year. Um, and so I, in my mind, I had probably only watched these movies once. And I had remembered thinking that the second movie was better than the third movie. Like they kind of took the Hunger Games path of just getting worse as they went. Yeah. Um, That was my memory as well. The second movie is one of the biggest piles of shit I've ever seen (laughs) in my entire life. I don't know how many worst movies I've ever watched. Oh. There was no plot. Um, For those of you who haven't watched The Matrix... Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you in three sentences what the entire plot of the movie is. They hear of this dude named the Merovingian, and then they find out that they need to, to rescue the keymaker from him. And then they literally spend the entire movie on that. And then they get the keymaker, and he brings them to a random hallway, and that, that's the whole movie. I literally just gave away the whole movie. But they're trying to get, they're trying to, get to the author, like the creator of The Matrix. Woofta. They didn't do a very good job of telling me that. Because when they did get there, I was like, what? <laughs> is that the one with the long conversation with the guy yes. in the white shirt, the architect? Yes. Yeah. Literally, um, this movie is made of all um, five to eight minute scenes that are all like one scene that go on way too long. Um, it starts out with a sexy, techno, religious dance party where everyone has wet hair that they're flipping around and everyone's wearing like fishnet shirts and like <laughs> each other and like Neo's having sex the whole time and no one speaks. And this techno song just thumps on for like six straight minutes. I, I was just baffled. I was like, am I watching the extended version? Like <laughs> this should have been a 30 second scene and it went on for like six straight minutes. Did you ever watch the MTV Movie Awards parody of The Matrix? I probably did, but at this point I don't. With Will Ferrell as the architect? Yep. And then they had like they had Andy Dick in the like the the sex rave in yep. the caves. Yep, I remember that now. It was like Justin Timberlake and Sean William Scott and Will Ferrell as the architect. And he's like, hitherto, wherefore art? No, he ergo. was like, ergo, concordantly, vis-a-vis. <laughs> and he just was like, and he's like, uh, uh, the door on the left will take you back to the Matrix. The door on the right will take Sissy Boy here back to his bitch. <laughs> he's like, and then the, the kitty door is so Muffin can go out and piddle. 
<laughs> I okay, so I think that their goal was to make a new Star Wars. Okay, I really do. I think that they thought Neo was going to be. Um, they thought the Neo new Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. I really think that yeah. they thought that. Um, they failed so miserably. Um, this yeah. movie, it, they got so into like how they could film these like three sixty slow motion flying through the air fight scenes. That, well, that, so they that was a that was a film technique that they invented called bullet time. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that like at the time when it first came out, people's you know it was like how people felt when they saw Star Wars. That's why I made that comparison. But the problem is, is that they they only did that for an entire movie. Like they literally were just like, all right, now he's going to fight nine guys and they're going to have medieval weapons. And like, he was just, Oh, that scene, that scene was incredible. I'm a, I'll fight you on that one. That's cool. But that was like the fourth time that there had been like an eight minute fight already. There was the one where mm-hmm. he fought all of the agent Smiths in the parking lot. There that was, scene was terrible. Like, then, yeah. there's, you know, then there's the one where he, he, he has the car chase and he's like fighting on top of a semi truck and stuff. Or, no, like, that was, great that. That was pretty solid highway, which doesn't make it, good i mean in water world they built a fucking giant fish tank too but that doesn't mean it's a good movie but um the filming of it was pretty cool the scenes look cool but like there's just it it, it's more about like it's it was almost like a like a kung fu movie more than it was even a real movie like well that's what the first one was what the first one is brilliant no 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 but i mean but they but they they the wachowski brothers well sorry sisters Sorry, I don't want to use the incorrect pronouns. Siblings, I think they the, the, Wachowski, the Wachowskis. Yeah, yeah. Um, talked about how all of the inspiration for the first Matrix film came from their love of kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes are cool and they look cool, but like there has to be there has to be some more plot. And movie two is just a cool looking fight movie. And like by the by the sixth cool fight, I was like, I think I'm good. Like, I don't need to see yeah. any more of these fights. Um, the third movie was a little more interesting because they're kind of racing against time and you get to see more of this war between man and machine. Um, but overall, it's trash. Um, they really fumbled this. It made me think of The Hunger Games, even though this came well before The Hunger Games. Um, Is there a worse... If Like, if you would take the final fight scene against Agent Smith versus the medieval weapons fight scene which one would you take oh the medieval weapons fight scene is a million times better i mean these yeah. those two dudes were like punching each other like superman like flying through the air with their fists out they just blast one of the, the other one in the face and then that person would fly backwards 100 feet stop and then fly back towards them and they did that yeah. like two or three minutes in a row and i mean these fight scenes are just absurd so the Matrix overall is one of the great failures in filmmaking. Um, considering the first movie was a revolution in film and in storytelling, um, mm-hmm. it ended in a place that was so disappointing that I don't need a fourth one. And I will watch it, but it after watching these, I don't think I'll be seeing it in the theaters. Yeah. Fair I enough. just remember that in the third movie, um, Neo uses his powers in the real world. All of a sudden, he has godlike powers, and it that totally lost me. Because yeah. really, as fantastical as everything else had been so far, it was all at least based in science fiction, right? I mean, it was, it was like okay, you know, he's manipulating this this data. That's why he can do these things. It all sort of made sense, and it was such a brilliant idea. And then they're like, yeah, but like we have to one up it. Let's make him have real powers in the actual world. And then I was like, well, now it's 
I don't know what it is now. Now it fucking blows. It's like a fantasy well, story. All of the uh, all of the like God and Jesus imagery was oh, very, very, cool. very heavy handed in there. Over the head with it, just ridiculous. No, they they uh, you know there was a couple of huge mistakes they made. One, making him blind was just so stupid. Then suddenly he could see like the ones and zeros of the world and he could still see, but he was blinded. Ugh. Yeah, two, but even in the real world, like not in the Matrix. So it made no yeah. sense. And then two, the like you were saying, the, the Jesus stuff where like he he dies and like he's like looks as if he is on a invisible cross and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just way too much. I really hate when they try to do stuff like that. Like he's some new digital matrix messiah. I don't know. It was bad. It was bad. So, um, well, I think, I think they were going more for like the savior imagery yeah. as opposed to like Messiah, but yeah, same difference, I guess. I'm, I'm just good on it all. Um, pretty disappointing. So, um, yeah, yeah well, let's move on to a series that, only keeps that that keeps getting better right it's doing the opposite of the matrix probably started um with its first few movies in its lowest place and since has found how to make blockbuster after blockbuster and that is the mcu the marvel comic universe and uh we watched the second in the avengers movies and that was avengers age of ultron mm-hmm. yep we sure did <laughs> This movie, it was better than I remembered, and it was still bad. Yeah. The movie was better than I remembered, but also worse than I remembered. Like, it, I don't know how that dichotomy works, but somehow I was like, okay, that was cooler than I remembered. But then other times I was like, oh, my God, get me off this farm now. Yeah. Uh, is his name James Spader? Is that his name? Yep. Correct. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> I hate everything he's in. He's, he's awful, and... The fact that the robot spoke as James Spader made the movie so much worse than anything else did. His, like, kind of casual, like, menacing, like, oh, are you going already? Oh, okay. I'm a sarcastic robot. And, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> why would a robot talk like James Spader unless it was there just to torture us? However, <laughs> let's talk about a couple of things that stood out to me as, like, positives for the overall phase of marvel at that point the 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 short-term positive for me was that it started down this um um morality dichotomy between tony and cap and you could see where that's leading having seen you know the some of the later products of you know we're we're the ones that should be controlling ourselves versus uh, Cap saying, you know, like, you know, arguing with Tony about how the adventurers should go about their business. And then there was a lot, a lot of endgame foreshadowing. And even Tony mentioned it um, at some point in the movie. And I thought, like, wow, having, having never, like, if I had never seen, you know, endgame, I never would have picked those up. But having seen it, I thought, man, they are really, like, kind of playing the, the, the endgame you know, piece a little heavier than I had originally remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was this the one where they teased about, um, the shield, um, and, uh, the strong, Oh yeah, it was, this was the one where they teased, um, Wakanda and they had the guy who had yep. the, the blown off arm who would eventually be in black Panther. So this was your first teases of Wakanda. They even mentioned Wakanda by name at some point. So 
Mm -hmm. did think some of that was fun. Really started to see the big picture with this movie. Um, adding um, the twins, but mostly Scarlet Witch was a big positive to the whole series. Um, Russian adding, accent. Russian accent, Scarlet Witch, by the way. That was a little yeah. weird. Um, but adding, uh, adding uh, Vision was a net, net negative. Well, I don't know. I think he serviced this movie okay. Although his like creation was a little confusing. I had forgotten that Ultron had created him. That was confusing to me, but I remember it now. As far as, as Scarlet Witch and Quilks, Quicksilver, Quicksilver was so fucking bad in this movie. Terrible. Like, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody that he died. Could, it There's could no have way been, they could have continued been. anything with him. Yeah, could have been an awesome character. And then they were like, nope, bad actor, bad performance, bad writing, all across the board. The other thing is, in a couple movies here, we have Civil War. And I remember watching that and thinking, you know, this doesn't seem that realistic that, you know, Captain America would be on one side and Iron Man would be on their side and they don't agree and they're fighting. They're actually fighting. Um, But they fought in this movie and they fought in a couple movies ago that we watched in like Avengers one. And it's like, okay, they, they were really planning the seats. They were kind of at ends a lot of times and they yeah. kind of disagreed on fundamental stuff. So they really did a good job to sort of play that up throughout the lead up to civil war. Yeah. They had planted those seeds unbeknownst to obviously all of us at that point in time. So that, that was kind of impressive. That I couldn't believe was real. I remembered it, but I couldn't really, when I heard it, I was still shocked. The hide the zucchini line. Oh my gosh! I can't believe wow. that was actually in there. I thought that was like a joke that somebody had made a meme of, but no, it was in the movie. And now I have to picture Hulk's fucking dick, I like Hulk's green dick and and oh and Black Widow together. It's so weird. What a horrible line. I also it also made me realize again how much I hate Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Oh, he is so bad. All this did was lean into that for me. Yeah. Can we just talk about the worst part of, of the whole series, though? The most unbelievable part of the whole series? Scarlet okay. Witch. ScarJo. Biggest star in the whole world. Wait, Wait. Scar- Scarlet Witch or Natasha Sorry. Romanoff? Sorry. Romanoff. Black Widow. No. Um, Black Widow. Romanoff. Scarlett Johansson. Literally is like Hulk. Mark Ruffalo let's get in the shower together. And he's like, no, I can't. It's too late. What? <laughs> what? I know. Unbeat. He's in love with, with Scarlett Johansson and she wants to shower with him. There's nothing else to do. There's no world to be saved at that time. And he turns her down. Get out of here. For a chance yep. to be dramatic and bitchy, dude. Literally. Again, reason 324, why we all hate Mark Ruffalo. And the whole character. Yeah. yeah. I will say um, one of the other cool scenes, and this one's like pretty well remembered, was when they were all trying to lift the hammer and mm-hmm. Cap Cap moved it like, a you know, a millimeter. And you could see that look on Thor's face of like, oh, shit, he just moved oh, that thing. What the fuck? Yeah, that was un- that was incredible. That's a pretty, that's a pretty cool scene. That scene holds up so well. And I like that. Some of that stuff of them kind of hanging out, you don't get to see that so much because they're always dealing with these, you know, massive crises. But it is kind of nice to see him just like chill and shoot the shit. It's good character building. 
Yeah, I agree. So I'll, I also, can you guys explain to me what, um, what was the point of this movie? Um, to make money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other, other than that, like there was never, I mean, it was all self-created and then it was right. all self-contained. But then after that, all the wounds were self-inflicted about it. I think that the big things for this movie were um, some of the context that they had, they kind of forcefully gave you. So it was a lot of the talk of the infinity stones, which we had briefly been, had briefly been mentioned. Um, but mm -hmm. now we've got more on, it was seeing an infinity stone um, and knowing about it. And it was the post credit scene with um, Thanos putting on the glove and the gauntlet. Yeah, and mm -hmm. saying I'm gonna, I'll do it myself. You know, I think like I think it was a big setup, and it was a lot of things in hindsight that were important, and in the moments you, you kind of just went over your head. So it's two and a half hours of James Spader just so we could see Thanos put on the Infinity Gauntlet. James Got it. Spader was, I mean, he torpedoes the the movie. There are no strings on me. Oh, it's yeah. he, he yeah. the movie. He's friendly fire. I mean, it's I mean, the only thing the only thing it did set up was that like the superheroes are good and they've saved the city, but they've also fucked up a lot of shit. They, you know, they're just kind of irresponsible people. Like they caused all this death in this movie by well, them Tony being, it, yeah, Tony Stark did right, and so that does come up later, like when we get to Civil War, yeah, which I watched a little bit more recently, um, and I'll watch again. But um, you know, they do say like. Dude, a bunch of people died in, in Sokovia, and it was pretty much all your guys' fault. So are you a po net positive or a net negative here? Right. I'm, I'm net positive on all Marvel. So I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. But it, if I'm holding it just to the standard of Marvel, it's pretty low. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Like, we I had to do something. Ant-Man Ant next, I think. Ant-Man, I jumped the gun. I can't wait. I already watched it. It's a really fun movie. All right. Here we go. We're finishing up with our new segment, The Metal Ceremony. And this week, we're talking romantic comedies. Rom-com. We're going to do three of them. We're going to let you guys vote on who, you know, which one you think deserves to be our gold medal winner this week. Um, who wants to start with a uh, nominee? All right, I'll, I'll nominate one, and I'm going to show my age with this one, okay? Okay. So just bear with me. It's You've Got Mail, and this is peak Tom Hanks in rom-com peak. It's peak Meg Ryan in her rom-com peak. We got Greg Kinnear. We've got Dave Chappelle as Tom Hanks' assistant. We got Greg Zahn, or no, sorry, Steve Zahn, a local Minnesota native. And I think the movie works so well on so many levels, given the time frame. Um, it's a nominee. That's it. That's my first one. It's not my favorite one, but it's a nominee. You got mail. I'm guessing most of the people that follow us on Instagram have never seen it. So let's not that put that same, one up there. What about, isn't that the same as Sleepless in Seattle? Uh, no. Is it like a sequel or some shit? No. Not, a, not even close. No. Not a remake it, of the same no. story? All right. All right. So I, next, I don't, next. I don't have that I'm, one. I'm putting up a nominee. It's for us sports guys who also want to watch a romantic comedy. And that is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. 
This has um, can't even think of her name and Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey, and it's all about them being Knicks fans. And he is like this like misogynistic dude who can get any girl he wants. And she's writing a story, I believe, on like how she can break up with him and like I don't know. It's pretty unbearable, um, but I like McConaughey. <laughs> Um, this is my lowest ranked nominee, but I wanted to put it in the discussion. He's he's okay. an advertising executive, by the way. That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, not that I've ever seen it. And like the Knicks are like in the playoffs or something, and like they like go to Knicks games, and she makes him keep running out to get her like Diet Coke, but she really wanted a Coke, and then like I don't know, it's pretty bad. Um, I'm gonna put one. I'm gonna throw one up here that I think will make the final three. Of course, he will. For one. It's an R-rated movie, which I think I need sometimes, especially with um, romantic comedies. Because if it's too light and fluffy and there's not any kind of edge to it and there's no swear words in it, I it tends to lose me a little bit. And before that's, you before you give the nom, can I guess? Yes. Okay, go ahead. What, are you going to guess? No, no, no. I was going to say, you, you go on with your, your synopsis. Oh, that's my synopsis. I mean, this, if I give you any more, you'll definitely guess it. Go ahead right now. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's literally exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> it's it's an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. It has Russell, Jason Siegel, Kristen Bell, Russell Brand. And then it has like Paul Rudd all of a sudden. It has like Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Yeah. It has all these amazing cameos. And it's so fucking funny. Like it holds up. It's a great movie. You know how you can get like amazing cameos from people? Shoot a movie in Hawaii. That's true. That's you also forgot Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. I mean, both smoke shows. Who is the um, guy? That, uh, Jack McBrayer? Yeah. Jack McBrayer is even in it. So I just, I legitimately like this movie. I guess it technically is a romantic comedy, although it just sort of feels like those movies that, you know, Jonah Hill and everybody was making at this time with that same kind of crew. Um, I just think it's great, man. I I legitimately like it. Judd Apatow produced, right? So he was it's, on a roll. That's my number one that I had. Okay. That's my one. That would be my one seed easily. All right. I'm going to put a, that's my number one seed as well. I'm going to put a star next to it, but we'll continue. Eric, what do you got? Um, all right. Another one. Uh, this is a classic. I'm not so positive that it can be considered a romantic comedy, but if Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a romantic comedy, I think this one is as what as is also um, can i guess can i guess quick yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 things i hate about you no no no, no. Oh. i'm going with uh i'm going with something about mary which i think is a, a better version of forgetting sarah marshall actually um okay it's a it's a classic everybody saw it everybody loved it um it's cameron diaz it's ben stiller is that right correct it's, it's uh the dude from schitt's creek who's disgusting uh Grab my strong hand, that guy. Oh yeah, Eugene Levy. No, 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 no. no, no we like, literally—it's his name's Chris something, and we fucking can rock it. That guy, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Take yeah. my strong hand. <laughs> um, Matt and, Dillon. Um, I don't yeah. know what that is, but I'ma lick it. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, it has Brett Favre in it. Um, I think this is a great movie. I'm not so sure it's a romantic comedy. I guess it is technically. Um, but something about Mary, everybody loved that movie. I feel like just we haven't talked about it in so long, it's been forgotten. Have you seen my baseball? 
Yeah, great movie. <laughs> is him the senior prom getting stuck in his zipper? I mean, so that's, fa- that's that's Fairly Brothers. You know, you got to give a shout out to I them know. too. How'd you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> Frank said beans. <laughs> um. All right, that one's something about Mary. I'm going to give it a star as well. I think we all agree it needs to be at least talked about as we get a little farther along. Ryan, what's next? Uh, well, it's the one that I guess. It's 10 Things I Hate About You. That's on my, my short list of three. I absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, RIP Heath Ledger, uh, mm-hmm. Julia Stiles. Uh, there's lots of other people that are in this movie. I'm, I'm forgetting them off the top of my head, but um, it's a fantastic movie. It's about... What is it? Uh, the Taming of the Shrew, like from Shakespeare, but told in like a, a modern setting. Um, and overall, it's really good. Like it, it's funny. It's topical. I think you'd still watch it today and like a lot of things still apply. Um, I think it's a it's a fantastic rom-com. It's one of the best, most iconic teen movies ever. You know, if you're going to go past like Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink, like this was that for the next generation. And I guess this was sort of my generation, although I think I was a little bit young. Probably like, I think slightly. Because I, I think it's an R-rated movie or maybe it's PG-13. But either way, I think I was like maybe like 10 or something when it came out. Um, so it, it was on my list, but I don't really remember that much. I just remember that they parodied a ton of it when they made Not Another Teen Movie with Chris Evans. That was fucking hilarious. And so I knew it was iconic. I had 10 things I hate about you as my number one movie, actually. Yeah. So I, I think this one's really good. Heath Ledger um, can do everything he can do. I mean, he, he truly is um, uh, a terrible loss. Not that any life isn't, but literally he would have made so many incredible movies. This guy could play anybody and he did the romantic comedy character as good as he did the Joker. I mean, the guy was brilliant. Um, I think this must be in the top three. I mean, it would be my number one pick of all. Uh, it's a movie. I, I think if we if we all had it, then that's that's going to be on the on the stand. Then I think, so. I'm going to just mark it now. I think this is one of the few movies um, that's a romantic comedy that if I was flipping through channels and it was on, I would probably watch the rest of it. Okay. All right. Um, I have one more that we haven't. Well, actually, I have Hitch as well, but I'm just going to cross that out right now. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I just remember it's been, it was on TV a bunch when I was oh, in Hitch a period of my life when I was watching TV a lot. Hitch is great. <laughs> is it? Yes, I love that movie, and I'm not ashamed to say it. All right. Okay. Well, the one I was going to bring up was Wedding Singer. Uh, okay. Nobody, nobody likes Wedding Singer. I mean, no. Adam Sandler. Really? No. Nope. Eric. No, nope, not hitting home with me. Are you Sorry. kidding me? I mean, this was a time when like Adam Sandler had just made like, you know, Happy Gilmore, and he was just on a fucking roll, and then he makes Wedding Singer. I'm like, this. Everybody loved that movie. I thought. Nope. Okay. All right. I'm crossing uh, it out. We're gonna have to go with. Uh, does anybody else want to throw something out in the ring before we decide our final three? I think the final three are set in stone. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think it should be Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Something About Mary, 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay, that is that I is mean, two of my three. Our other choices are You've Got Mail, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and Wedding Singer. 
I mean, honestly, if I if I had my druthers, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days would be ahead of something about Mary from the rom com perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized that there was like a romantic comedy kind of buried in something about Mary, but it was just really more about being a comedy than a romantic. I mean, one. it was, but the whole plot was like, how do I get Mary? Like, I mean, it really was. I mean, I don't even know if he ends up with her, but yeah, but like she, like the part of the part was like he zipped his wiener in, you know, his prom tuxedo. Like I, I think like it was more like they were going for shock value as opposed to like romantic comedy. I think it's it's a, it doesn't quite fall into the same category for me. I mean, I to me, I I would put this in there, but it's it's probably like like I like Forty Year Old Virgin better, and that you could call that sort of. A romantic comedy you know so um i, I think it, it belongs in here but i would put it as a, as a bronze standing i mean i know we don't get to pick that because i'm going to put it up and people are going to vote but i hope it gets bronze i think forgetting Claire marshall and something about mary um are in the exact same categories as each other mm-hmm. and guess what their rotten tomato scores are 81 um i'm seeing uh forgetting sarah marshall at 83 and i'm seeing uh something about mary at 83 yeah funny and, and 10 uh how to lose a guy in 10 days was at 42 <laughs> oh, there you go um all right well these are pretty good i can i can work with this i'll put this up and we'll see what we get and then i'll check back in and let you guys know next week in the the actual medal ceremony okay so if those are our picks forgetting sarah marshall something about mary and 10 things i hate about you let's each rank them bronze silver and gold um, real quickly. Uh, for me, it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall, 10 Things, and Something About Mary. Me too. For me, it's uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, Something About Mary, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So I thought you loved Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Wasn't that you, Eric? I like it. It's a really good movie. All these okay. movies are good. I, I like yeah. all three of them quite a bit. I think they're all really good. So I um, think it's going to be funny to like see three guys put this together and then I'm going to put it on Instagram and all these like older women are going to be like, I can't believe you left out pretty woman. (laughs) That's our, that's our our demographic, older women. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to a lot of older women on the gram, apparently. All right, guys. (laughs) This is all the time we have in this episode, but we haven't been doing sports cast lately because there aren't any sports, but there is the NFL draft this week. One of the best events in all sports. So we're going to do a short sports cast. So make sure you check that out this week. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in to the Nordies podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Go on, vote for it. Pick which movie deserves the gold, silver and bronze. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to you guys. Next week.